All eyes are firmly fixed on the bottom half of the eight this week as the Saints, the Bulldogs, the Demons and the Giants scramble to keep their season alive. But this week's big question will be, is it really a season worth keeping alive? The top four could also be for in for a shake-up if Collingwood take down Port, leaving the Lions one last chance for a minor premiership. And with me to peer into the crystal ball for the last time of this COVID-affected home and away season is the punter's prophet himself and the super coach that we all love and know, big bustling Baz. How you doing, mate, on this glorious summer's day, basically? It's almost too hot for footy in September down in Elstonwick. Yeah, well, it's not... Pretty close to grand final weekend off memory. I think this would be probably no, probably another week away actually for the last two years on a set there. I've been at uh, Trevor Barker Oval uh, coaching a grand final team. But, um, yeah, no footy shoots, unfortunate. And it is a lovely day. A bit windy, uh, but a lovely day nonetheless. And, uh, yeah, last round of the year. And there's a lot of games that could go either way and uh, shape the eight, which is really good and keeps us interesting, which is one of the good things about having a season where everyone plays each other once, not 28 times. But uh, that's for another time, I think. Please do something! Do! Don't think! Think! Don't hope! Do! And what else is good is listener feedback. We got ourselves a listener question. So we'll head into that straight away in Coach's Corner. And the big question comes from Jack Anglis. And his question for you, Baz, as the super coach of the podcast is, is any season really wasted? And it comes from the narrative, your favourite thing in football is media narratives, and that is if you finish in that 13th to 9th mark or even if you make finals and get eliminated in the first week or go out in straight sets, a lot of people, and sometimes yourself included, will deem that season for the club being a waste. They should have gone and got draft picks. They should have rebuilt it. They should have tried things in the second half of the season. And instead of trying to bust their ass and finish, yeah, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. So first question to you is, do you believe in wasted seasons? Um, And if you do, which clubs have wasted their 2020 uh, COVID-affected season? I believe there are some wasted seasons, yes, because you look at, uh, for instance, uh, Essendon, probably one, and, and, and probably Carlton, the other, and even GWS and Melbourne, and, and you know, to a certain degree, St Kilda, Western Bulls. So probably every, <laughs> if you're the team, if you're the team from seventh to thirteenth, apart from Fremantle, I think Fremantle have really, uh, you know, we knew what that, that, what was going to happen there. They, they, they've kind of done a bit of a rebuild on the on the run with their list. Uh, they've got some really good draft picks in. They've uh, drafted really well. They've got a new, brand new coach, and you can see their style going forward. You can see the methodology. You can see everything going forward. And they've just each game this year, they've, re, they've you know sort of shown more than what they have previously. And I mean, it's, you go back to the first you know couple of weeks of our pod. We said that there was two teams outside the eight, even you know probably throwing Sydney that we could probably rely on more than any other team outside the eight. And that was uh, Freo, Gold Coast, and Sydney. And, you know, we saw again from Gold Coast on the weekend against Collingwood that you know they're one of the best contested ball teams in the comp. They're so they put so much pressure on. They're fanatic. It's just, just a few things that they um they kind of get the red mist a bit, as Gary Lyon likes to say, and uh, they make some un- pre- mistakes under pressure, which hopefully they learn from. A lot of them being younger players, but if you if even if Collingwood missed out, it's probably a wasted season, but. Any team from you know probably six to thirteenth that doesn't make the finals this year, apart like I said, apart from Fremantle, is a is it probably a wasted season because a lot of those clubs have gone out and hand selected and drafted in players to make their side 
a, a premiership contender now. So St Kilda have, have given up draft picks and gone and got a lot of you know older players and mature players from other clubs. Um, so Melbourne, you know, we talk about Melbourne a lot and what they've done. You know, they gave up you know, first round picks for May and Lever when they probably already have a good defender in their forward line that can't get a kick at the moment in McDonald. And they really struggle down forward. Well, why don't they use those picks to get a forward player? Because they thought Wiedemann was ready. Well, he's going to be a very good player, but he's probably a year or two off. And then Carlton as well. Carlton, have, you know, I reckon that their list profile is missing a lot of players. They're about to lose some older players that are very, very good. You know, still probably their better players. And Simpson, um, I know Betts is probably going to go around a year, but, you know, Cade Simpson's probably arguably in their top five or six most weeks. So... He's going to retire. Um, you know, they've got a lot of really young players or really old players. There's no nothing in the middle. So, And their best players always Cripps, Murphy and the same old Doherty and Simpson. Like, they're not really getting any better, are they? You know, where's Cunningham gone? Where's a few of those midfielders gone? That When Cripps was having a few quiet weeks here in the year, they stepped up, but all of a sudden now it's Cripps or bust. So for me, I think it's a waste of season for them, but hopefully they go to the draft or they have some smart trading with all their tools. But they should have been eyeing off finals this year, the Carlton, uh, and to finish where they finished and to lose the teams they lost to, like they lost to teams below them. So Hawthorne, Adelaide, um, you know, they, they, there's two games right there. They should have won and they're in the eight. So for me, that's a waste. So and don't get me started on GWS. Um, they've been given that much um, <laughs> freedom by the AFL and just handouts, draft picks, concessions, uh, everything you can think of. They've still got a very, very talented list. They've got some great players, but there's a lot of selfishness in that club. And, um, you know, you look at a lot of like, just silly, I don't, I don't even know, like some of the blokes getting, like, obviously Caniglio got dropped, but like Bobby Hill got dropped after a very good game the week before. And so you wonder why he got dropped. Like he's one of the most exciting players they've got in their list. Just get, get games into him. And he's not selfish. Like, Little Daniel, who played it and kicked the great goals on the weekend, like he he's been out of the side. But you know what you need to get from him. He was a hundred percent heart. They probably need, we've been talking about it for years. They need that blue collar uh, instinct in them because they got all the talent, but they only want to run one way and they don't really want to put the hard yards in. So for me, I, I think GWS after making the grand final last year, and like I've said before, I know we spoke about the flag isn't everything you know be on end or of their lives, but as a football club. By now, they should have at least won a flag, I think, with everything they've had. We've given it to Gold Coast plenty about um, not doing anything with everything they had. But, you know, I know they've made, I know JWS have still made finals and a grand final, but, you know, I think it's it's a flag or bust for both those clubs now. Especially after all the investment. But is there a difference then between a bad season and a wasted season? Because you could say, is Carlton's season really that wasted? If they win those two games, they make the eighth and they've come true on what they're meant to do. Same for St Kilda. It's like they've had that progression that went from being an 11th, 12th club to being a finals club this year, most likely in my opinion. Whereas teams like the Giants, like is, is it a waste because they didn't perform or is it, they actually not um, strategize themselves well enough? Because for me, the teams that actually wasted their seasons this year are probably Hawthorne and North Melbourne because teams like Sydney and Fremantle knew they weren't going to play finals this year, Adelaide included, but Adelaide, we can kind of exclude that. But teams like Fremantle and Sydney went, 
this is our rebuild year. We're going to blood youth. We're going to play a certain style of football. We're going to try and be competitive, of course, but we're going to do things that are more future-focused than now-focused, whereas even in their week-to-week selections, Hawthorne and North Melbourne still looked like they were trying to make finals this year and then didn't and picked over and over again blokes that were a bit old and slow. Well, in round three, you know, resource that we're making finals this year, we were here to make finals. Well, I'll tell you what, they're a long way off finals now. Hmm. But that's, the, I mean, they're a club that thought they were further along than what they were. So, yeah, it's a wasted season because they they, they got it wrong. And that's why, that's why I'm saying that, you know, GWS have wasted a season as well because they've got so much star power on that list. They're going to lose a lot of players in this year due to salary cap issues and all that. So it's a wasted opportunity for them. Um Carlton still waste opportunity. They should be playing. They should be looking to play finals. They've won seven games this year. But so, other, but other than that, win, what does Carlton or GWS do differently in terms of strategy, in terms of list management this year versus it to get the same result but not be a wasted season for next year? Or either next year, or what would they? What should have they done differently to make sure that this didn't happen? Because otherwise, because it's pretty hard to say. Well, you should have won more games. Well, at the end of the day. Teams like Carlton are going to win the games are going to win because that's the level that they're at. GDOS being the outsider here because they really should be a top four side. Well, have you seen much of their the, the players that they put a lot of they put early draft picks into? So Stocker, O'Brien, um, Paddy Dow. Like, we haven't seen much of them, have you? No. You, you, you're seeing their big tools, but you haven't seen much of the, And that's you know probably where you look back and say, all right, well, Cade Simpson and uh, Kernow and. Um, you know, Eddie Betts keep getting games. We haven't seen a lot of Brian Dow, O'Brien Dow, and those sort and Stocker. Like we haven't seen, you know, Stocker got picked to help out uh, Crips. Hmm. Like he, he might be injured. I don't know. I haven't looked. I haven't looked it up. But like, where where are these guys? Are other clubs that at least played these guys. Other clubs in the top eight, especially Collingwood, have played in Western Bulldogs, and um, you know, they've even St Kilda to a certain degree. If all blooded youngsters and played young kids or play people that be on their list for a year or two and see what they've got. But Car- I don't think we've seen a lot of that from Carlton. Hmm. I probably should have, if I don't know, I didn't get the – I mean, I don't really should either run shit anyway, but <laughs> if I, I probably should have gone and looked at the debutants that each club's had and how many players have gone through. I know Collingwood's gone through one of the most amount of players. I think only Adelaide's gone through more than Collingwood um, this season with injuries and everything like that. So it's good that you get to – see new players and see where the club's at. I don't think we've seen that from Carlton this year or GWS. I mean, we've seen what uh, Riccardi play and play really good three or four games and get dropped. I think that's. I think there's more internal stuff going on at GWS than much than anything else. Essendon, again, like they've gone and got Stringer, um, Shield, Smith, those sorts of blokes, and then they, they can't win a game and they're, they're, they're all over the shop and, you know, they've got three coaches somehow head coaching this team. So... That's definitely been a wasted season for mine. You know, and Melbourne again, like I said, like they've gone out and got all these players. And this year, I suppose they've got games into Pickett and Rivers and Jackson, uh, which has been really good. You can see there's a future there and they've got another season in the Wiedemann. But then why did they go out and get these top end picks? But you're still seeing blokes like Cook getting games. You know, he's only played like, what, 10 games and he's been on this three years. So, um, is there any reason to be playing them? Are they going to add much more than what some of the, your, your first year or second year players are going to add? I don't know. I don't know. I just, for mine, I just believe that given where Melbourne were two years ago, the fact that they might or might not play finals, um, GWS, given that everything they've got, that's a waste. Fremantle's been a good season for mine. I think they've been really good. Carlton, you know, where are they at as a club? You know, and even then, like, you know, Teague saying they're not that far away, but we've heard that before from Carlton. So, are they not that far away or are they going through another rebuild? Who knows? 
Um, Essendon, I reckon they're a long way away. I reckon they're in a bit of strife, especially if they lose Saad, Fantasia and um, Joe Danaher at the end of the year, then they might as well start rebuilding. Gold Coast, we can see where they're going. Sydney, we can see. Look, you look at Gold Coast, Sydney, Fremantle, you can, and even Adelaide from the last three or four weeks. And apparently the leadership group told Matty Nix his game plan was too full on, and that's probably where GWS might need to go. And he, he gave him a bit more freedom and, and just said, I want your effort and intensity. You, see, you can see it from Gold Coast, Sydney, Fremantle. You can see effort, intensity. You can see, all right, this, you know what you're going to get. It's with the other teams, you, you can't see that. That's my biggest gripe. And, you know, it, it's a bit, bit with Collingwood on the weekend against Gold Coast. Gold Coast came out and smashed them in the first half with intensity, pressure around the footy. It took a Collingwood a half to go, right, oh, we need to actually lift here and match it with them. And then we, we got on top of them. Um, and you can see that with, like I said, Gold Coast, Sydney, uh, Ferro. You can see that. But the other teams in that, in that and even Adelaide, sorry, other teams, you don't, you don't see that. Mm. So for me, it's a waste because you, you're either not getting the intent, you're not getting your message across to the boys. So that's a waste and that's on the coach and the, and the coaching group and a bit of the playing group as well. And you're not seeing any style or any direction forward. So all those teams that missed the eight, I can only see three teams next year. I'm going to go, right, I can actually see where they're going next year. As the others, you go, well, where are they at? I suppose the other thing too is that that effort and intensity each week is a really good indicator, I think, of where the players think their list is at. So if players are willing to play for the future but bring the intensity today, I think the coaches and the list managers of that club have really nailed where their list is actually at. And as you said, Fremantle, Gold Coast, Sydney have done that. When the players don't show up but the coaches think that they should or they should be contending and they sell the story that, you know, like like an Essendon or like a GDOS, like we're going to be a premier, we're going to be a top eight side and then you don't make it, then the players kind of call your coach's bluff and stop bringing that intensity because they're like, well, what's the point? The season's over. If we finish eighth or we finish 13th, who cares? And so there's a lot of clubs like that that kind of fall away because they go, well, no, we've, we've found out your lie and they, and they yeah, they kind of call the coach's bluff. So, yeah, a lot of clubs have done that this year like we kind of expected them to do given the season that it is. All right, we're talking about the season like it's already over, but it's not. We've got one round of the home and away season to review, round 18. And as everyone's kept saying, 2020 is a year that no one can predict. So it would only be fitting if we had a bunch of upsets and a bunch of ladder shapers tip this ladder upside down and break a few hearts, but also make a few people's seasons. So we'll get into the reviews. We've got six ladder shapers bets in some way or another, and then uh, a few tip and forget games as well that will be pretty one-way affairs in my opinion. We start Friday night, 7.50, St Kilda $1.72 favourites, GWS, $2.10 outsiders. They're playing at the Gabba. The line here is just a goal and the overrun is one twenty-one. And Friday night football brings you a classic win and you're in scenario, Baz. But who do we trust more in this situation? We have backed both these sides this year to get the job done when they needed to. And all we've had to say afterwards is that neither of these two teams actually want to play finals. I was about to say, if one of these two teams had the desire and, uh, and the heart that the Gold Coast or Fremantle or uh, Sydney even have, then we could probably make tipping a lot easier because uh, I'll see about this last night. I reckon we've made more money off those three teams and we've probably lost a lot of money on these two teams. So um, what, what are GWS going to do with their teams? Like, did they bring back Coniglio? Did they drop Cameron? Like, I, I, it just It's just baffling their, their style and they just can't score and... Does he just open it up for him? Like, I don't know. Like He's obviously doing a bit of yelling and screaming internally as well. He must be, but I don't think it's working. 
does he do what Nix has done? Just go right. Let's just go out there and play footy and just have a crack. Or and then St Kilda, I really love Ratton's message the last you know week or so about you know our challenges and, and taking everything on and all that sort of stuff and not being scared to fail. So for mine, I think I'm from what I've seen the last two or three or from this year of GWS. St Kilda are probably a bit more trustworthy, and I think I'm just going to take St Kilda here and hope they get the job done. But tell you what, if they if they don't, I think this is this is a bad, this is a failed season for St Kilda from where they were for them to miss, given their history and and, and all that sort of stuff. This is this is bad if St Kilda don't make it. If they failed against the top six sides. But we've basically said in the first half of this podcast that the Giants are nowhere near it. So I think worrying that St Kilda won't show up against a test team doesn't apply here because the Giants aren't that side. And as you said, I don't know what Cameron changes this week to get this side being a competitive and high-scoring side. They've, they've been averaging in the 40s unless they've been playing a low-ranked team, the Giants, and that's not enough to beat St Kilda most weeks. If you want to back in the Giants, you're backing in the fact that their names on paper look pretty good. But in actuality, they haven't played anywhere near like a side that they were last year. So again, I agree with you here on St Kilda. And everything about the Giants that had to turn around, like they don't, they rank last in forward half differential. So they're behind Adelaide on that stat. They're ranked last in forward half intercepts. So they're, they're not a side that can play the winning style of football that 2020 desires and demands. So I think here, St Kilda will be the tip. Yeah, 100%. They just have to tip St Kilda and hope that they get the job done. Second of the games that will shape the ladder this week, is Essendon and Melbourne. Sunday at 2.10, the Bombers are $2.65 outsiders. Melbourne are $1.46 favourites. They're playing at the Metricon Stadium, the second home of football. The line here is 12 points. The over-under is one twenty, And another old deja vu for the Demons having to win the last round of the year to scrape into funnels and then play probably the West Coast Eagles and get done by approximately a million points. Will the Bombers upset the apple cart though, Baz? Are they like last few weeks? Bombers have been pretty ordinary. Do they show up to this game or? But this is this would be typical Melbourne if they were to lose to the Bombers. This is this no is, typical Melbourne would be to win against the Bombers and then lose in round one of the finals, in extraordinarily uh, disappointing fashion. No, nah, I reckon losing to the Bombers would be more more Melbourne, more Melbourne. Yeah, I, I can't see how again like. Given the form last two weeks of Essendon and, and you know, Melbourne were okay last week. They're not really a side that worries me going forward. But, um, yeah, again, like dropping Carl Hooker and leaving Charlie Dixon to, you know, manhandle Thatcher and their midfield just got smashed. And, you know, it was a wet game and a bigger body midfield, midfield just stepped it up after quarter time and got took their foot off the pedal and absolutely dominated. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I can't – again, I know Melbourne celebrated a bit and last week meant a lot and there was a bit of pressure on him, especially good when you could see and he's sort of like, – he I think he was about to cry almost. Um, I, I'm I'm backing in Melbourne to get the job done here because they just have to and they're playing a team that hasn't been seen on the park for the last few weeks. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, if Melbourne lost this, it'll be, it wouldn't be surprising. Like, it wouldn't. Um, but – I think that Melbourne get the job done. Again, if you just take out our hate for Melbourne and our unwillingness to trust this team and just go, which side is better on paper? It is obviously Melbourne and especially the strengths and weaknesses. So if you bring pressure to the Bombers, and we saw that last week against Port Adelaide, they, they crumble pretty quickly. They are definitely an uncontested side. They are they are worse at that than the Bulldogs at, at handling pressure when the pressure comes hard. And Melbourne like to play contested football. So – 
in the Styles makes fights kind of situation here, Melbourne should be the team that you tip here. It's just a question of will Melbourne show up two weeks in a row? And they actually got the, the balance around the footy pretty, pretty, pretty right on the uh, weekend, Melbourne. They they weren't all swarming to the ball. They actually, got that inside outside sort of balance right, and that's where they really actually hurt GWS. Where probably you know a week or two ago they'd getting they were getting too many numbers at the contest and then getting exposed on the outside. They they had that balance right, Melbourne, which is kind of which is good. It means they they might be learning for. for for a change. The next letter shaper isn't for the AFL ladder, Baz. It is for the tipping ladders. This game could very well decide your tipping comp. Sunday, 105. Hawthorne are $2.15 outsiders. West Coast $1.66 favourites at the Adelaide Oval. Another goal line and another over-under of 124. And the reason why this is a tricky game, Baz, is that the Hawks are farewelling Premiership legends, Paul Popopolo and Captain Brent Stratton on the weekend. Surely the Hawks show up to give them a fitting farewell. Um, no, I just, no I'm, if Gold Coast pull what they did last week, they got Hawthorne covered. Backing in Gold Coast to, to back up what they did last week and not, you know, they were pretty poor the week before. We, and I, I said last week in the pod, they generally don't put in two bad weeks in a row. They want to finish the year on a high. And I think like last week they showed how good they can be. And I reckon if they bring that and just, Control that red mist and that, that uh, and slow the ball down sometimes instead of going 150 miles an hour. They will be uh, too good for Hawthorne. Hawthorne have really struggled around the stoppages. They've got a few injuries as well. And I, I just think the Gold Coast match up pretty well against them and they should get the job done. I've So far, I've backed in all the favourites, I know. I just can't see Hawthorne not ending the season on a win. I know this is not the Hawthorne, a Hawthorne team and club that we know, and I know that Clarko is not a magician anymore, and he can't do anything with these players. And but I just think sometimes the retiring club champion factor has to mean something. And I still think that Hawthorne is a club that has a good a good culture and a good respect, and there's enough players in this team that will want to do something, get them over the line. And we know that Hawthorne has the capability of doing that this year, where they can pull one out of the bag and really prove a point. And Gold Coast haven't been able to close out games very well, and they haven't really got that winning habit yet. And so I don't see – I think Hawthorne has more to play for in this game and therefore I think Hawthorne get the win and that could hopefully get me a little bit higher up that tipping ladder as well since we have a point of difference on this one. Sunday at 6.10, Fremantle $2.81 outsiders. Western Bulldogs are $1.42 favourites at Kazali's Stadium. Two goals is the line here. The over-under is one thirteen. And again, if the Dogs win, they are in and it's back into those 2016 deja vu moments. But you are big on Fremantle. I've already heard you spruiking and uh, jumping the shark here, Bazza. You think the Dockers will end the season on a win and uh, cause some uh, chaos for the Bulldogs and their funnels hopes. Yep, I think Freeman I played at this stadium previously a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've seen it's pretty dewy and windy up there. Uh, I reckon they'll set up really well defensively and, and that's how they they generally do. Um, they're really well organised. I, I don't see their defence is a real strong point for them and I, I can't see the Doggers kicking a big enough score when they've played against these sort of defences. They've really struggled to kick a score. And I think Fremantle just their ball movement will worry the doggies a bit, and I reckon they'll they'll, they'll bring the heat and really um, choke the doggies with their game style a bit, and just want they want to finish on a high. I, you know, I love Justin Longmuir. I wish he was back at Collingwood because uh, we're a bit better coaching unit with him there. But he, if they're fair dinkum and they rock up ready to play on on Sunday, they will beat the doggies and end the doggy season. Okay, but a Fremantle. 
skillful enough, silky enough to finish off their opportunities. I think they're a hardworking team, definitely. They can get the ball forward, but they rank 16th for points scored inside forward 50. They rank 17th in the last four rounds for scores from their uh, kicks inside forward 50. They're not very efficient. And so the Bulldogs are a better side than Freeman, I think. And I know they might be challenged by their game their game style, but surely when it comes to execution and the ability to finish and when your season's on the line, the Doggies have been a lot more trustworthy than these other flaky teams like your Melbournes, like your St Kilda's, like your DWS. Surely the better side wins out with so much on the line this week. I think Fremantle will, will, will strangle them and not let them get that little quick handball, forward handball game style going. They're very good at uh, controlling the ball and, and using that, that kick mark sort of game. And then when they need to, they go. And, yeah, they've been a bit sloppy going inside forward 50. But the Doggies' defense isn't that – like you know, it's not that great. Like, you know, you've got obviously Keith down there and a few others, but – I, I just think that Tavern is having such a good year and they've got some good smalls down there like Croden and a few others, Schultz and that, that can put a lot of pressure on. And, and it'll be interesting to see if um, one of those blokes goes to Caleb Daniel and tries to uh, restrict his influence in the game. I think Collingwood have done that relatively successful previously and it really hurts doggies. I know Hawthorne did it for a little bit, but didn't really stick to it as a hard task. Um and I was reckoning that, yeah, Longmuir's a very, very good coach tactically. Uh, and I reckon his game style will definitely get them over the line. And, and like I said, they've still got to turn up and be ready to play and, and want it. Um, not, you know, just because it's the last game of the year, I suppose it's on Justin to get it right. But I think the way they've been going all year and the way he's coached and the, and the leaders, how they've handled it, I think they will be. And I think this is the game. This is the upset game of the round. Fremantle has decided we'll keep it close and keep it low scoring, but I don't see how it's a side that uh, takes away a funnel's chance for the Doggies. Two separate points of difference there, Baz, and we're back to even on the tipping apparently. And Monday night, the funnel ladder shaper is Collingwood. $2.25 outsiders against Port Adelaide, $1.63 favourites at the Gabba. The line here, five, seven and a half. The over-under, one nineteen. The power are basically got one hand on the minor premiership Flag? Medal? What do you get for the minor premiership in the AFL? Uh, probably a toilet seat, like in the A-League. I've got no idea. Fair enough. Well, they've got one hand on whatever you get for being the minor premier, but can the Pies crawl up that ladder a bit further with a win here and a statement win before the finals begin? Um, well, everyone's finally started talking about Port this week. They've started saying, you know, they tick all the boxes, they should be premiership favourites, blah, blah, blah. Where's that been all year? Um, and what's happened every time someone's spoken up a team this year about being the premiership favourite? They've lost. They've lost. So maybe Collingwood knocks them off and uh, everyone go back to being quiet about Port Adelaide for a change. Um, no, in all seriousness, though, I think Port win. Again, like, they're just too organised, too well structured. They'll put us under the pump. Um, and I just don't think we can go with them on the scoreboard. So, um, yeah, I'm... Tipping uh, Port Adelaide to get the job done. Yeah. On simple just scoring metrics here, the Port Adelaide have scored over 70 points in every game except for their game against Geelong where they got absolutely done and only scored 31 points. And whereas I think what Collingwood's only scored 70 plus points against Carlton in the last eight weeks. So that yeah, alone suggests that they just don't have the scoring capability to stay with the power. Yeah, and even last week we scored 68 points, but, I mean, the goalie kick got five or set up or had a hand in seven of those goals or something. So, um, yeah, if, if they, 
We don't have a big tall that's in a warrior. I know their, their defense is a bit, bit light on with talls, but we don't have a tall. So they've probably got a good matchup for um, for Dugowie as well. And just they, teams won't allow. Like Gold, Gold Coast defense is pretty young. They let Cox get a run and jump at the ball. I don't think they'll, Port Adelaide will allow that. And then, yeah, we just can't score and won't be able to score enough. And Port will be too strong there. I think Port's midfield probably bashes up a little bit as well. Um, I think it'll be a good game, but I don't think that we're at that level yet. And that's where we'll probably find out in finals as well. We'll probably get knocked out first week. So, look, if we do win, it'll be good because it means we'll probably finish, you know, fifth or sixth, you know, probably take on one of the lesser teams. But um, for mine, I think that, uh, yeah, we'll get done. So, I think we're in agreement there. But should Port Adelaide be scared of bid bag Coxie and his handles, mate? As we, as we know, Coxie doesn't uh, deliver very consistently. So, um, yeah, we'll just. Uh, See what happens, but I think, yeah, given given Coxie's uh, history, you'll have this game and you won't get seen again for six weeks. But it was a good um, – <laughs> it was a really good goal he kicked on the run. It really, really was. It was awkward as well to look at, but uh, a good goal nonetheless. And now on to our tip and forget games. Games that should be pretty easy to agree on here, Baz. Thursday night, 7-10, North Melbourne, $7 outsiders, West Coast, $1.10 favourites at Metricon Stadium. The line here, 34 points, the over-under, 117. Surely West Coast don't choke on this one, Baz. Nah, West Coast win and probably win by plenty. You reckon over the 34? Um. No, I'm very hesitant to take line bets at that size in the shortened games. Um, yeah, I'd, like they probably do, but I'm just hesitant because the average winning margin this year has been like 28, 29 points or something. In. Except for teams involving North Melbourne. Yeah, I know, but no, I'm probably not going to take that. I'll just tip and forget, I think, like, like you said, tip and forget and uh, maybe hope for an upset. But no, West Coast, Oregon West Coast will – We'll, yeah, we'll get the job done. Don't forget, West Coast got a lot of outs, and they'll probably just be trying to get through the game. So I don't think winning and winning big will be on their agenda. They'll be trying to get through the game, get the job done, and then uh, set themselves for that week off back home to Perth. Sounds good to me. Saturday, 5-10, Adelaide are $3.95. Outsiders, Richmond, $1.24. Favourites are playing at the Adelaide Oval. The line here, 21 points, over under 116. Can they end the season on a high, though, and slightly dent Richmond's premiership credentials? Well, I think Richmond uh, will win, but Adelaide have been very, very good the last three weeks. Their intensity, hardness around the footy, they've stepped it up in the stoppages. Um, they're playing some really good uh, – it's actually pretty good footy to watch. But, uh, yeah, I think for a few Crows players probably playing their last game for Adelaide, it would be an emotional game and they might get up for it. But I don't think they'll be good enough to knock off the Tigers. And uh, it will be going to be a closer game than most people will think, but – I'm still tipping Richmond. Yeah, it's hard not to tip Richmond in this one. Just doesn't really matter which way you look at this game. Saturday, 7.40, Brisbane, $1.17. Favourites, Carlton, $4.90. Outsiders at the Gabba. The line here, 25 points. The over-under, 113. Now, Brisbane will be chasing a top finish if Port does falter against the Pies. Are we expecting them to do an absolute number on the Blues then to make sure percentage won't be an issue? I think they'll just play, again, a bit like they're going to finish top two. I don't think it really matters finishing one or second, to be honest. Um, I think they'll be getting through just trying to get the job done. A bit like last week against Sydney. Sydney were pretty good and like they, they, they headed uh, Brisbane you know, for most of the game. But then in the last quarter when Brisbane needed to step it up, they really put their foot down and uh, put, it, put the game beyond 
beyond doubt, really. But I think it'd be something similar, but I don't think Carlton will be able to go for him as long as what Sydney did. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Lockie Neal and all that sort of stuff as well, because I know Sydney really locked down on Neal. Something for probably Kurnow to do, but then you had Lions and other blokes that, that stepped up a bit, which was re- good for Brisbane to do. And, you know, Hipwood's starting to find some form. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see. What, and, then, you know, there might be one or two other players who get rested for Brisbane, but I'd, I actually don't think they will do that because they've got a week off before the finals anyway. But, yeah, I reckon there will be a few little just uh, getting through the game games this week from a couple of teams that are definitely home and in the finals and in the top four and probably then finish top two, a bit of let's just make sure our list is 100% right and fit for the first for the first week of the finals. So I think they'll still be good enough, uh, like West Coast, be too good to and not lose a game. But I, I don't want to be taking that line of 25 points or anything like that. Uh, I'll just be sitting back and watching the game and, Maybe a few little prop bets with Lockie Neal or, some, or Charlie Cameron and Hipwood or something like that. And the last one, Sunday, 3.35. Sydney are $4.90 outsiders. Geelong, $1.17 favourites at Metricon Stadium. The line here, 25 points as well. The over-under, 113. And now the Cats find them in the thick of the action. They'll be challenging from both top and bottom. They'll be looking to try and finish second. They're looking to try and keep off the, uh, the Eagles from their place in the top four. What do the Cats need to do here? Or is there another case of just... Clip the win, and if you finish third or fourth, who really cares? Yeah, I think they'll take the win. They'll definitely win. Sydney have been really good, and last week they'll probably – I wish we had a few more goals up against Brisbane. Just really lacked that um, polish and decision-making going inside that forward 50. A bit like Gold Coast. you got lots of young players that they get a bit excited almost when they get the footy and, and uh, realise they have space and time. And But because of their playing against a team that – puts a lot of pressure on and makes you feel that pressure. You might rush your mistake instead of, you know, in another 10, 15, 20 games when they're a bit more experienced, they realise they've got a bit more time than what they actually thought they had. Um, so I think that Sydney will definitely make the game competitive. Geelong generally bring the pressure every week. They're one of the highest pressure team, one of the higher pressure teams in the comp. I think they're number one or number two in the comp and Gold Coast are up there as well. Um, but I think Geelong will get this job done. Uh, they won't be happy with what happened last week. Scott will be probably still a bit firm with his words afterwards, but I think that Geelong should get this job done and definitely finish, what, third or fourth uh, with Richmond and go into the finals uh, under some probably some pressure because, you know, we go back to wasted years. They've been very, very successful, Geelong. They've made the finals a lot, but they've never really, you know, you can say Scott won the flag in his first year, but he's obviously handed that list and handed that team because they were pretty successful leading up to that. He hasn't actually had – now he's got his own team. He actually hasn't had a win in finals, really. Like, I think he's won – what's his finals record? He's won, like, two finals or three finals in the last six years or seven years or something. So there's a bit of pressure on Geelong. And I wonder if they'll start feeling that going into the finals because that can play on your mental mind when everyone knows and the players will know that they haven't been successful in finals. They've had a really good year. They've probably playing some of the best football in the comp. But that's adds the pressure internally, I think. So it'd be interesting to see how the Cats go. And if they don't really, with where their list is at and, and what they've done recruiting-wise, and I've seen on the way, like over the week they're, they're going after a few more mature-age recruits to replace some players that are going out. They could quickly end up like Hawthorne where they kept topping up hoping to win one more. Geelong could keep topping up, hoping to get to that last that last weekend in October or November, whenever it is. Um, 
to win that flag and that could put them back another couple of years like we see with Hawthorne. So just need to be very careful, Geelong, that they don't, A, waste a year and B, um, don't waste opportunity that they've definitely got this year because I think they're one of the form teams and like I said a couple of weeks ago, they're, they're definitely one of the teams that I've underestimated in going forward in, into the final series with along with Port and Brisbane. I have right up there just the way they're defensively organised. And they just need to make sure they move that ball a bit quicker when they play Richmond next time with a bit more composure because people actually spoke about how their ball movement was a little very slow against Richmond last week. I thought it was as well. But when you go back at the stats, they actually moved the ball quicker than they usually have in games. And that allowed for turnovers. And obviously we saw the stats where, you know, Geelong, uh, Richmond scored heavily on from back half and Geelong were able to transition the ball from the back half to the forward half very well for a score. So... But I'm, I'm, after saying all that, John will definitely win. I'm just, uh, <laughs> just more thinking yes, forward. Exactly. Always forward thinking, always looking for those angles. Speaking of angles, Baz, do you have any feature bets this week? I'm just, oh, you know, this is this is going to be um, this is going to be painful to watch. But two weeks ago, we took a multi where we we multied St Kilda into uh, Melbourne. Yep, and they both lost. Yep. So this week, I'm multiing St Kilda into Melbourne. It's my best bet. Yep. Uh, Fremantle is my uh, rough value bet. And that's all your action for the weekend. It's all my action for the weekend and then just just start doing more and more homework, get ready for those finals, those finals wins on the uh, sports bet account. Exactly. Well, I've done much the same here, but with my quarter by quarter analysis added in. So my two, I've got two best bets, a value and a roughie. Bear with me with these. Uh, Melbourne to win the fourth quarter and Melbourne to win head to head against Essendon is paying $2.27. Melbourne is the first ranked fourth quarter performance team. Essendon is ranked 13th. St Kilda to win the first quarter and St Kilda to win head-to-head against GWS. Uh, St Kilda are ranked fourth in first quarters and GWS are ranked 13th and that's paying $2.33. And if you play that into a four-leg multi, you get $5.42. And my last bet of the homeway season will be as follows. Collingwood to win the first quarter, which is they are ranked second versus Port Adelaide eighth. Port Adelaide to win the second. They are the first ranked second quarter team. Collingwood are 14th. They don't like the second quarter at all, Collingwood. So Port's lead at halftime plus Port's win head-to-head is $9.20. Plenty of action to fill in what will be a very entertaining last week of football in the Honeaway season before all those footballers can finally get off their hubs and uh, quarantine back at their home states. I'll tell you what, if Melbourne and Kittle lose, there could be a bit of a, uh, bit of a spray happening next week. And uh, just to let you know, Baz, for your, for your homework for next week, as we'll do our, our club-by-club report cards as they get eliminated. So if you want to look at debutons and kind of drill down on everything we talked about this week in terms of wasted seasons, uh, yep. feel free, and then we'll come and give each of those clubs a grade, the coveted What Are The Odds 2020 season report card grades. Too easy. All, All right. right. See you then.